This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Chats with Susan Burrell. I help strong, capable women who have pockets of self-doubt access their inner wisdom and clarify their own truth. This is where we have rich conversations about empowerment, radiating your brilliance out into the world and loving yourself more than you ever have before. And today I have a treat for you, a repurposed show from my broadcast radio show called Living Your Inspired Life. Enjoy. Love, more joy, everything. It's inspired young people. Inspiration comes from within you. When you clear out the garbage that's in your mind, you then create space for something better, more beautiful to come in. Let's have life and have it more abundantly. I say yes. It's like taking a workshop. I get to be in my pajamas. We have a very active imagination, which is why it's important to learn how to harness it and then point it in the direction you want to go. I listen to your show every day. It's time now for Living Your Inspired Life with Susan Burrell. Susan is no-nonsense, inspirational, motivational, and fun. This is positive talk radio. Practical wisdom for everyday life. It's a gift you give yourself. Now, here's Susan. And welcome to Living Your Inspired Life. You're listening to News Talk 1590 KVTA, and we are here all the time for you and you can how how we're here all the time for you is by going to our website livingyourinspiredlife.org where you can tune in tune up and develop your power perspective so today i'm i am honored and excited and humbled and happy to have uh, our current guest join me on the show he's written a couple of books and the latest one is really awesome. I just finished reading it, so I highly recommend it. it. Is the author of *Time in a Bottle: Mastering the Life*, mastering the experience of life. And I want to welcome Howard Falco. Thank you very much, Susan. I am equally humbled and <laughs> honored to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I thank you. I you know I'm thinking about that. I I was driving to the station today. I was just moved into this place of gratitude. And of course, I I just want to share with everybody we are recording on. 9-11 and that that day and date and it just has huge meaning for the entire world population but especially in America and I was just moved into such deep gratitude knowing that you and I were going to be able to have this conversation and dance today on this day it's just it's awesome yeah very cool so one of the so I want to share with everybody I'm going to talk about you a little bit Howard because okay. Howard not only is an author, but he's a, a self-empowerment expert and coach. And what's interesting is a few years ago, I picked up this book simply because of the title and the work that I do within myself. And the title of the book was, I Am, The Power of Discovering Who You Really Are. But the I Am is not just about a small I and a small M. It's the big I Am. It's, that, it's, the, it's the whole universal infinite intelligence presence that is everywhere and interconnects us all and resides within each and every one of us. So when I read that book and then I saw this next one that you just released, Time in a Bottle, I was like, oh boy, this is it. I want to have them on. So cool. the Time very, in the Bottle, do you want to say anything about the I Am? Um, well, there's, there's a lot to say yeah. uh, about that. So I don't know how far you want me to go into it, but... Um, um, obviously, the first piece of work that came out of uh, my transformation and, and my experience um, having to do with total and complete
complete self-understanding and self-awareness, which is what leads to self-empowerment. Um, so that's really the, the core of what um, I am is all about. Well, why don't you share your beginning? Because you were uh, in, in the world of finance at the mm-hmm. time that you had this um, epiphany, if you will. Sure. Um, yeah, the, um, uh, the story is that I was always very, very curious about the nature of existence, about life itself. I never really put any preconceived beliefs or notions on, on what the idea of God is or what life is. Or I just stayed very open but very curious. And as I went through my life and, and sort of added things that I thought made one happy, including putting myself through school, getting a degree, getting into the finance business, finding uh, the girl that I, I wanted to fall in love with and get married, have, having kids, uh, getting a job I wanted, all these things that I thought on my list that I thought bring total happiness. Um, they all were very fulfilling, but not ultimately fulfilling. And as I started to do well in the finance business, I started to get more concerned because I thought that that place of peace would just arrive, and it and it never did. And I thought, where does this end? How, where does this wheel stop that we're on? Uh, how hard do I have to work? How badly do I have to kill myself? To how much money do I have to make? Mm-hmm. And one day I realized it had nothing to do with money at all. Happiness had nothing to do with it. It is something that comes from within. And um, but I didn't know that at the time. All I knew was my last answer for happiness was gone, which was the idea that money would be the final thing. Um, and I was very scared. And so what I did was, and this is really a fascinating part of the work, is that. I just stopped in the middle of my home and just sort of reached my arms up to the sky in a very profound moment and said, I'm ready. I'm ready for all of it. Everything that that I, I can be shown about the nature of existence, I'm ready, and I don't care what it costs me. And I think that was really a key to, to sort of put forth my readiness for the information. And then a few weeks later, uh, through my regular walk of life, some information started to come to me about the nature of belief at a seminar I was in for the finance industry. and that sort of cracked the egg, and I thought, oh my gosh, this power is within me for happiness. It's not on anything on the outside. Mm. And I also realized, Susan, that I had asked this intense, profound question, and through my regular walk of life, it was bringing me the answers. That's how highly supportive, loving, and intelligent life is as it relates to us, the conscious observer. And I was so profoundly moved by that and in such a present state that I just started asking a host more questions because I knew I'd open the door on Pen. I knew I'd open Pandora's box, and four months later, I had a very, very profound experience that where there was no more space between question and answer, and um, like in an instant, um, uh, more information than I ever imagined knowing was downloaded, um, and I was moved into a state of utter humility that is really beyond words, right. um, and then decided to honor the material by writing about it, and so I Am was born. And that's how I Am got out, and it got published by a, a great publisher, and then um, they had asked me to if I had something else I could offer them and or write for them, and I put a pen to paper in time, and a bottle came out. So that's the very short story of the, the experience um, that led to this moment. Well, I deeply appreciate you sharing that part of your journey because I think it sets up time in a bottle, which I found um, just, just, it's a, okay, Howard, let me just share. I've been on a, you know, a journey of questioning all my life 
probably when I was a kid, you know, and, and one of the things I, I used to always wish I had was a manual to life, you know, the how-to book, you know, or the, uh, you know, the, the book for dummies about how to do life. And I think I, that this book, Time in a Bottle, is very much meets a lot of those criteria that, that I used to have. And I'm so that I'm deeply grateful that you wrote it. Thank you very much. It's, wow, it's really, really nice. So um, go on. No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, let's talk about the, 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 the whole Megilla here of Time in a Bottle, because mm-hmm. I love the way you've listed parts the parts in the in the book and, and so the first part is the purpose of time and why life is and uh-huh. and in that section you talk about infinity so let's talk a little bit about that and then let's just take it through the whole sure absolutely so when you in addressing time from the perspective that I wanted to address it from not from the linear version of, of a measurement uh, but more the experience of time but the the elephant in the room had to be addressed and uh, in dealing with time one I, I thought I had to start with the truth of infinity and this idea that space we have not found the end to space when we look out with the more high-powered technology we have the Hubble telescope which has brought back astonishing images of deep space there's no end Uh, because there's no end to space and because space and time are linked as it relates to duality or our experience of reality there's no end to time and so I started with the the idea of infinity to show that that is what the truth is about life life is infinite ever expanding ever moving and when we get back into our own lives to have this notion of that to have this idea that there's not a beginning and an end there are endless beginnings and ends, as we see all around us, right, in the, in the people, places, and things that decompose, or the plants that burst and die, or animals, or people. There's no true end to life. I, I often say the only thing you're truly destined to, it's not death and taxes, because <laughs> you can move somewhere where you don't have to pay taxes, and um, it's life. That's right. what you're destined to. So it's Ooh. not a matter of if you're going to survive, it's just a matter of how you're going to choose to based on where you're at on the journey. And, how you're, and, I, and, and the choice is such a huge thing. And we are well, so run by this idea that I don't have enough time to get everything done before I well, die. That's exactly right. But that's exactly why I started with infinity, because if on some level you can open your perception to the idea that maybe there really is no end, then your choices start to change. Because when you're fearful of death or you're fearful that time is running out, you make choices based on that fear. And because that's not aligned with truth, it leads to suffering. But as you get more in tune with the truth of your infinite nature, you resonate with more peace and more faith, and you make choices from that peace and faith. And as I say in I Am and Time in a Bottle, it's that energy of this moment right now that you're putting out that is creating the conditions for your next experience. So it becomes a self-fulfilling process, but from a different state of being. Right. And and we get to choose. Do we want to live in fear or in love and joy and happiness and all of that? Right. Exactly. I, I want to read just a quick quote, if, if you don't mind, sure. <laughs> from, from your Time in a Bottle book, because, and this is about infinity. Um, in it, which I love this quote, and maybe it's just because it resonated with me. But anyway, you said, you cannot expect to harness your full creative power while simultaneously believing that you are limited by time or circumstance. You are a part of infinity. To the degree you feel that life is finite and limited, you will act out of this fear. 
believing in a finite universe is a thought that works against the greater truth of the universe, which is what you just said. And I, and mm-hmm. I love the, mm-hmm. the truth with a capital T that, that I personally believe in is that we are a part of infinity. It's not like time or life is happening outside of us. It's happening within us and being expressed through us. Right. Exactly. Very well said. Very, very well said. That's exactly right. You are part of the validation of life itself, which is I am that I am, which is another word, for, another saying for infinity, um, the expression of all possibility. But as I say, it can't, it can't happen all at once because that would lead to nothingness. It, so it, time is needed so that that expression of infinity can unfold forever. Okay, let's talk a little bit about this because you, you did start the book with some quantum physics explanations, which I, I'm, I, I love quantum physics. I'm a student of it. So, and what you just said about the observer and the no-thingness, if it were to happen simultaneously, there would be there would be no one to witness right. or experience it. Right, exactly. Time is what keeps everything from happening at once, was a quote I used. Um, uh, I forgot the gentleman's name now, that, uh, the quote, um, but it's cited in there. But that's exactly right. It's, um, we need, time is what allows infinity to be real, because without time, there's, there would be no, there would be nothingness. There would be, there's no observer, there's, it's only oneness. It's, there's no duality. There's no context, so there'd be no experiencer. There's no observer. There's no reality. There's no. There's nothing. So there, that's why time is. So are you saying it makes infinity real? Okay. So you're saying then, if I heard you right, Howard, time is the thing that happens so that we, because you said there's no du- duality. If we, if but time creates a, a, a seeming it, presence of duality so that we can do what? Well. It, so that we can choose how to express our, our piece of infinity, I the creation of ourselves in the way that we determine based on our free will uh, fulfills us and is survivable for us. So if it's out of fear, we're going to do something that we think causes us to survive. When it's out of faith, then it's more freedom to create in a way that fulfills us. But either way, it's a piece of context within the overall context of all the things in existence. So we add shape, texture, color, and context to the whole. That's why each one of us are so incredibly precious and matter so much. And we're each, we're each given that birthright to express that. Now the key is, and a big part of all this work, is unlocking your awareness or expanding your consciousness or your awareness to the point where you realize that great power within you and so that it flows unrestricted. So you stop serving uh, thoughts and ideas of limitedness that end up causing suffering, and you look back at your relationships or your work or your health, and you go, why, why, why? And then you find the root of the thought that you never even knew you had because it was subconscious or unconscious before, and you now go, wow, I didn't realize for so many years I thought that about myself. I thought I was limited or finite or, or um, contained in that way, but that's not really the truth. Let me see how this works to take on a different attitude about who I am. It changes your whole energy, then you go out and put a different set of conditions out to the world by your choices, and voila, there's a whole new set of feedback that comes back to you in response. Life is waiting for you to wake up to this truth. It, it has served you with your truth your entire existence. Okay, explain okay. that. Explain what you just said, it, that life has served you with your truth, because there's so something you, you feel, said about trusting okay. circumstance in your sure. books. That just, like, blew my brain. 
open. Right. If you feel on some level, like because of something someone said to you when you were younger, or because of the DNA that was passed to you from your parents at the time of conception based on their consciousness, um, and it was nurtured that way in you, and you feel some way limited or not good enough, then at some point you're going to find the limit. So you're going to be in the career, and it's going to be going well until all of a sudden you've crept so far out of your comfort zone of what you know to be true for yourself that you do something crazy at work, or you start to act in a way that all of a sudden people don't understand or causes you to get limited for the next move. If you were right on the precipice of getting that, that promotion to whatever the position is, and all of a sudden people are like, nope, we can't, we can't do that with her or him, you know, mm-hmm. that's the way we limit ourselves. Or you're in a relationship, and it's going so well, and all of a sudden you start to be offered more love, but that love is not within the belief system that you had because you never experienced it. It's uncomfortable. You don't know what to do with it. All of a sudden you're going to reject it or find a way to destroy it so that you can get back into what's true. And life will bring you the right people, the right places, and the right events to serve your truth until you decide that you want to choose another one. And that's where the questioning process starts. Then what gets interesting is that life begins to bring you the awareness that you asked for based on what you want to create. And you can accept or reject that. I mean, there, it's, there's so many levels to this and so deep as to how it goes, but it's all divine in its process of greater and greater understanding and awareness. Okay, so so let's let's back up a little bit. I'm chuckling here because when you said life brings you things for your awareness, and 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 I got to tell you, Howard, in my life, especially currently, it, it's been like. A bunch of stuff that I don't want to experience and learn and or wh- I don't want to be aware of it. You know what I mean? And you're well, ta- in the book, you talk about how you become stuck in life. In time. We're in time. Right. And you become stuck in time when you resist the truth of what is. Now. I don't like that, Howard. <laughs> well, that, that, you have a choice. You can uh, resist it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> the suffering's going to increase. Oh boy, let me tell you, and it, and I know there's people out there that have experienced that. You know, the the whole resisting the truth or resisting what, resisting the circumstance that's pointing to. Oh, let me say it this way: resist. This is what I was doing for a little while: resisting the circumstance that was pointing to me, and the the growth or the excavation I had to undergo in mm, order to go. find the truth of who I am. Exactly. And really live that. Yeah. See, that's, the again, the beauty and the divine nature of the process. You have to be vetted out based on what you say you want. If that's, if that's what you really want, the universe is going to put you to the test to see if you're willing to demonstrate the faith to trust enough to go through the process, even though it's uncomfortable, even though there's an unknown on the end uh, of where you're headed. But are you willing to go through it in order to create what you ultimately want to do? I'll give you just a tiny, tiny example. When, I, um, when this all happened to me, all I wanted to do was honor this grace. So I started having not written since college, and I started writing, and I didn't stop. And when I was done, I had to show the work to somebody, and that was a whole other level of fear I had to get through. And then when I was done, I had to go uh, speak. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said before in other interviews, I lost three days of sleep on the first speaking gig I got <laughs> uh, because I had never experienced that stretch in myself. I didn't know what it was going to be. It was totally unknown. It's one of the biggest fears in life, I think. it was. Uh, surveys have been done about what are the biggest fears in life, and I think public speaking uh, uh, beats death. Uh, so 
Um, so I had to go through that, and I had to I had to get over that mountain, which ended up being a molehill. Now I can put a million people in front of me. It doesn't matter at this point anymore because it's been overcome. But that's the point, is that you have to be vet. If you say, this is what I want, then you have to be willing to take the steps and actions that demonstrate the truth that that's who you believe that you are and you're worth it. And part of that is accepting the current circumstance and not reflecting on any of it to yourself in any way that says, I'm not worthy, or I'm not good enough, or I did wrong, or I should feel shame or regret, or all that other BS. We're all doing the best we can in every moment. There is no other truth than that. Can I read another quote from your book? Because sure. it, it, this just resonated, and it's about what you just said, doing the best that we can. Um, it, you said, well, this is a longer quote. I have a short quote, too, but... Uh, the decisions you made in the past were always the reality of the best you could have done for that particular moment and were divinely necessary for everyone involved. I got to tell you, Howard, you were talking to me when you wrote that. Then you go on to say, if your decision created chaos, it was necessary for your journey. It was how life chose to get your attention, shed some awareness, and put you exactly on the path that you're on today. I, I really appreciate you saying that whatever... Whatever we've decided and uh, lived before has brought us to exactly where we're supposed to be. And, and, and you go on to say that the simple, powerful, and unavoidable truth is if you could have done better anytime, anywhere, you would have. Thank you. That's it. I, and so many people, I, I know friends, family, clients that I work with, everybody, it's all about, well, what if I had only changed that? And then that gets projected in the future. If, well, if I had changed that, then then I could have been this. And mm -hmm. and what you just said is the truth is you did exactly what you were supposed to do in the best and most perfect way. That's exactly right. It was the best of your ability, no matter what you thought you knew or, th or thought you should have done. That is where you were at that moment in your life. That doesn't mean it can't get better in the next moment or can't change or you can't make a new choice. But to resist it any longer is to dilute the creative power that's within you for this moment. It, it, it robs you of this moment and the possibilities that are in it. So how do you help people or, you know, I mean, I, it's in your book, uh, Time in a Bottle, but how, how do you get through those things? Because, it's, because the fear factor or the resistance to experiencing fear or pain is so huge that so many people just go, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Right. It depends on your intention. Everything is related to your intention. Okay. What's, what do you mean by intention? I... How badly do you want to experience something different? When your will is strong enough, when you've had enough of the suffering, you will make that choice. You will say, that's it. I'm never thinking about that ever again. I'm moving forward and I'm ready. Now, a lot of people have a very high tolerance to pain. Yeah, I'm raising my hand. <laughs> yeah, because it's been comfortable. But the whole point of all this work is to tell you that it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to wait till the pain becomes um, so bad that, that you can't take it anymore. You can gain the awareness that you need now and live a very powerfully creative life that is fluid and harmonious as it relates to each day and what life brings you and how you respond to it. And then watch how the people in your life start to acquiesce to you, to that energy, to that powerful belief system that's coming out of you. 
versus before when it was weaker or limited, they used that for their benefit and what they needed. Mm-hmm. So you have a formula in this book that is about intention and questions. Can you, can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. About uh, which formula? questions, awareness, thought, action, result, satisfaction with a question mark. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So the process of right. how it unfolds, right. So here's how the process works, and that's what I was referring to a little bit earlier, is that the minute that you ask a question, the minute you have opened up a space in your mind where before it was capped, and so it really creates sort of like a vacuum. And as I say in I Am, um, nature absolutely abhors a vacuum. It immediately seeks to fill it. So when you really humble yourself and say, I don't know, here's my question, help, the universe starts to send you the information. And it comes through all the different experiences that, that life brings you, including this very moment right now. This has all come together as a part of that exact real-time process. Then you get the opportunity to accept or reject the information that's coming to you or to contemplate it. You get the opportunity to decide how fast you want to absorb it. Do you want to go just crazy as you can with it and start reading and start absorbing, start practicing, or do you want to say, ah, I'll get to that in six months, or that was nice to hear that today, but um, I'm good. So you get to determine how fast you allow that door to open and how much comes in. Howard, let me just ask, let me just ask this question about the, ask, the emptying out and, and asking the question. Uh, it, when you say the information comes to you, it's not, it's, not what, it's not just a download that comes from the universe, but it's also like in, in, in getting a, a synchronistic phone call or meeting a person on the street mm-hmm. or meeting seeing a, a billboard. Street, getting pulled over, having an argument with somebody, um, smiling at the checkout person, um, letting someone go in front of you in line, mm-hmm. um, seeing a movie and seeing a message in the movie and the whole other subtext of what's going on there, hearing a song for the first time that you've heard for years and all of a sudden you hear the lyrics and you go, wow. So Never. it's the, our physical yeah. experience will bring us the information that answers the question we've just asked. It's not Every just a moment. It's not just a Zen Om moment where we nope. become enlightened. It's already there. Okay. What happens is it gets revealed. <gasps> okay, I like that. All right. It, it, so the answers already reside within us. We just don't know. And around us. And around us. Okay. So it's about opening. It's about opening our our awareness. Mm-hmm. But that has to be an agreement based on our soul, based on where we're ready to go to, because our ego is very, very protective over the beliefs that make up who we are. And so until the will is strong enough to say that's not who I am anymore, then the ego has room to step aside, humble itself, Mm -hmm. and allow that information to be seen. And we can claim the I am that is that. Right. We can begin to step into that because now we're, we're getting the information, like you said in that flow chart, we're now getting the information. Now with that information, we have a choice to decide what we want to do with it and if we're ready to, um, to trust it and to step into it and to demonstrate it, even without a result in front of us, just because it's who we want to be now. And that's a big key. Of who, it's with, being with, more of who we want to be? Right. Without expectation that immediately our circumstance is going to change. We have to let go of the attachment to the outcome. We have to be it because it's authentically who we choose to be, not because we think that's what will get us where we want to go. Bingo. So let's just finish up this, this flowchart 
idea because I interrupted you. I'm sorry, but okay, so you, okay. you, you have an you have an intention to do change, say, and you ask the question how, what, whatever, and your awareness become begins to grow because now you're you're open to this idea, say, mm-hmm. of changing. But then, then the rest of the equation has thought, action, result equals satisfaction with a question mark. So let's finish that off. Okay. So you gain an awareness. Mm-hmm. You make a new choice about who you are. You go out in the world and you experience something based on that new choice. Has that satisfied your ultimate quest? If not, then you ask another question. You go through the process. Here's a very simple analogy. Farmer wants to plant a crop. He plants the seed for that particular crop and says, okay, this is what I want to grow. Well, let me make a new choice. Let me, let me put this, let me put clean water on it. Let me till the soil and make sure it's properly, has the proper nutrients in it. Let me make sure that you know, hopefully the sun is shining on it. And if the result is not there, then the farmer has to ask again, okay, what's not right. It looks like I have all the conditions. Looks like it's in the proper soil. Looks like I've been giving it water. It's getting sunshine. What's going on here? So he has to go and take a deeper look. Well, is this soil really nutrient? Let me have the soil tested. Oh, maybe the soil wasn't. There was something wrong with the soil. Okay. Let me refertilize. Let me try again. Boom. He gets what he wants. Or maybe it's not the soil. Maybe it's the water. Maybe you think you've been giving it water, but maybe it's been tainted. Mm-hmm. And you finally find that out. So a lot of times we go through life thinking, I'm doing all the right things, I'm doing all the right things, but really there's something in that that has to be, and if your will is strong, you'll find it. It's like I think I used an analogy in, in um, I Am about someone trying to get a raise, a job, and they think they're working hard, they're doing everything they can, but the one area they've been ignorant to is their attitude, and they have not allowed themselves to see it because they weren't ready to see it yet. But that's the last condition that needs to be met for management to go, he's ready now. You know, but he keeps getting turned down. He thinks, oh, they're trying to keep me down or they're they're not treating me the right way or uh, this place is, you know. But he wasn't willing to humble himself or she to look at the fact that the way that he was talking to customers or coworkers really was different than he thought it was. But finally he asks and they say, listen, your attitude, you know, and it might be hard to hear it sometimes, but finally you go, you know what, you're right. I'm going to change that. And boom, the last condition's in place. Two months later, the race takes place. Everything in life has a process to its manifestation. If it's been done before, that's easy. You know it's been out, uh, done in the world before. There's obviously a, an example of it somewhere. If it's not done, then it takes very strong will to find out what conditions will make it happen for the Wright brothers to make a plane fly, right, or to go to the moon for the first time, or to build uh, a computer for the very first time. I mean, all this Everything in the world has a process or a path, or to fall deeply in love to the level that you dream about or see in the movies. There's a process to that related uh, to who you are. Howard, we're going to take a short break. I'm talking to Howard Falco, author of Time in a Bottle, Mastering the Experience of Life. And you're listening to Living Your Inspired Life, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Susan Burrell from Living Your Inspired Life. I always find it easier and more fun to expand my life by being connected to open-hearted, like-minded people committed to being on the same path I am. If you feel the same way, I suggest you visit a Center for Spiritual Living. There are wonderful communities in Ventura, Ojai, Santa Barbara, Oxnard, Pleasant Valley, Camarillo, and Westlake Village. 
You'll find terrific people, great information, and more tools to help you live the life you were born to live. So go to CSL.org to find a center near you. That's CSL.org for a center near you. Welcome back to Living Your Inspired Life. I have with me today Howard Falco, who is the author of Time in a Bottle, Mastering the Experience of Life. And we've been talking about kind of this this whole way that time gets you stuck and how to expand it. So so let's go through the whole process of, of when you're stuck in time, when, when things aren't, um, what do I want to say, unfolding the way you want them to. Exactly. Exactly. So... There are uh, five things that I list in the book that I talk quite a bit about um, that I'll highlight that um, uh, relate to why it may seem to be taking so long to create what you desire, or why you're, uh, why you might feel like you're stuck in time and things don't change. And number one is having any sort of regret that we talked about earlier over the past or anything that you did in the past. That doesn't mean you don't take responsibility. That doesn't mean you condone anything that you did, but you no longer live in a, in a sense of, I wish I should have, could have, or, or would have done differently. Again, that is living a lie, and that is a part of resistance, and it takes away from your creative power and the love that can flow through you in this moment, which is so key to the process of expanding what's possible for okay. you. i, I um, got to ask you, how is living in regret uh, living a lie? Because believe me... <laughs> That's been my process of looking at the regret I have and, okay. and, and well, then moving through it. How is that living a lie, though? Let's talk about it. Um, what is the regret based on? Just to give it, not, not specifically, but what is the thought? Oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda in, okay. in, in, in my uh, marriage. Why didn't I do it this way? Why didn't he do it this way? If okay. only we so, had, I regret it. So why didn't you? Uh, I don't know. Why didn't I? That's my point, is that you didn't know any different at the time. Oh, that goes back to the thing we said earlier about a, a powerful, unavoidable truth, is that you could have done better. If you could have done better, you would have. Exactly. Oh, I like that. All right. right? Okay. I got so, it. Hopefully, that is what is the key to freeing you from the chains and pains, as I say, of the past. Well, it's you, certainly... You did the best you could. And it certainly is a mind-bender. It really is. You know, for those of us that live in regret the shame or whatever it is, uh, or guilt, uh, that it is a mind bender to get to the place where, okay, I did the best I could. I mean, I can say that well, about my parents. They did the best they could. All right, fine. It, but it's me? Not, it, it's, it's not a mind bender as much as it is a real kind of nudge in the back into a whole new space that you may or may not be ready for, right? Mm-hmm. Who are you without the regret? Oh, my gosh, I'm free now. Uh, wait a minute. I've been used to living in this kind of holdback. I should have. I could have. Mm-hmm. That's been my story. All of a sudden, I'm now, so in a way, it's a mind-bender, but the, the, the ego tries to say that, to say, well, I'm not quite sure I get that, you know, just, again, to pace time. Um, but once you liberate yourself, um, it, it opens you up to a whole new world of possibility because you're no longer using that mind power and those precious moments thinking about something that is a lie. Uh, so number two is fear of the future, when we project something out into the future that hasn't happened yet, when we take the infinity of the truth of infinity, meaning that there's an endless number of possibilities in our future, and we limit it to just one or whatever our fear says it wants to be validated by, and then we start to put our attention on that. And 
as I spoke about a lot and I am, and, and as well as time in a bottle, your attention is based on your intention. And your intention is always based on serving your truth. So if your truth is this is what's going to happen, your attention is going to go on all the circumstances that cause you to believe it's happening. He's going to leave me. She's going to leave me. She's going to cheat on me. He's going to cheat on me. And all of a sudden, things that have nothing to do with it are starting to look like it, feel like it. And then you become inquisitive and you become smothering and you, and you start to create it. It's, it's fascinating how it works, actually, versus someone who's trustworthy. They see it clear and they can see the different, difference between uh, conditions that, that are really connected to that and conditions that aren't. You have great discernment over what's true when uh, you're no longer operating out of those fears or those beliefs. I like so, that, discerning what's true as opposed to seeing it from a small perspective. Right, which is trying to validate a belief, uh, a, you know, a limited belief. So fear of the future um, is what also helps, you know, causes you to be stuck in time because then you, you've already concluded what's happened, so why move towards anything differently? Mm, yep. And so it, it, it dilutes your creative power there. Um, believing in limits, which we talked about. So you have to find out where the limit is, even though it's been second nature to you to see it like that. Um, you know, that's, that's not the truth. I remember my father once said to me, oh, it takes money to make money. Oh. And I thought to myself, as I was a young kid, that's not true. There's a lot of people that have come from nothing. You know, that's, and I never, ever took that on. I never believed that. I always believed that you create based on what you believe and you have to work hard, but there's got to be somebody that made money in the world that didn't come from, you know. Right. So that's just one just small example. That's a good um, example, though. A lot of people have that idea. Mm-hmm. Not true. Um, but again, if you don't use that as an excuse, what does that mean? And my point is it doesn't mean that there's a burden or responsibility on you to go do it. It just means that it's another possibility in your arsenal of thought and belief. Um, four is protecting false beliefs or protecting ignorance, and that is this idea that when new information comes in, you, you sort of are like an ostrich. You put your head in the sand and you say, <laughs> no, nope, I'm staying with these beliefs. I'm not believing it. You can do that, but it's conti- going to continue to create suffering. Um, and then the last one, and, and of course, when you release yourself finally, these false beliefs, and you bring in new ones, that's when things really can change. The last one uh, is, number five, is the force of need. Now, this is a really interesting one. Yeah, it is. Want is great. Desire, dream, vision, intention, awesome. Universe really responds to that. The minute that the needle goes to need, they're living a lie. Because the truth is that this universe bursts you out of nothingness into existence. You need nothing. That doesn't mean you can't create it doesn't mean you can't envision and you can't work to step into a newer and newer version and newer experience of who you are. But when it goes to need, you're saying to the universe, I can't survive without X, Y, Z. Oh. And the universe says, how could you possibly say that? After everything you've ever been challenged with in your life, and here you are today, surrounded by this beautiful information, being served every moment. How could you possibly say that? And so it's this deep lie about not really valuing life itself because you're saying, I need, and it gets in the way until that, until that, that is lifted, until you realize you don't need anything really, but you choose to create this, you want to create this. 
very subtle and powerful uh, understanding. Okay, so let's let's um, let's dig a little bit more into this idea of need because I can't, my my brain is still kind of wonky around it, you okay. know, because there's certain things I think I need, you know, like I I, I I need to have money to pay my my mortgage, right? But or I need to have, I mean, how do you, how is that not a need, Howard? It's a well. It, it's based on what you're trying to create. If it's a need, it's and you feel you need it. It's going to lead to fear. No. And because there's fear, it's going to short circuit the power of creation that's within you. Because fear is operating, not faith. When you are in a space, where you say, "Hey, I'm grateful for what I have and the roof over my head, and I want to keep it. I desire to keep it, and I intend to keep it." That's powerful. That keeps you in motion, creating it, manufacturing the abundance that you want. But when you say, I need it and I can't survive without it, now that ignorance finally has to be served. That has to be, that has to be awoken. Uh, you have to be awoken to a, a new truth, which is that that's not the case. And the, and the way that life will show you that that's not the case is by taking it away from you hmm. to show you that you're still going to survive without it. Oh, my gosh. All right, I don't need an. I don't need to pay my mortgage. I, I just don't. But you want to. You desire yeah, I to. want you to. Yes. To. Just like I right. want to pay my okay. income taxes and property. I want to pay those things. So, right. so, it, it, so the taking it away from you know not because we don't live in a punitive universe. No, That's and really. I, I don't mean that literally, but but ultimately the conditions in your mind that are that are based on fear. Will, will cause you to create it. to serve the fear, which will result in it being gone. Because if that again, you can't drive a car afraid you're going to get an accident, because your grip on the steering wheel will be so tight you'll actually create it, and your your reaction you'll be scared, you'll be you know shifting your eyes all over the place, and you, you have to you drive with faith, and when you drive with the most faith, you don't even know how you got from A to B, and you just magically pulled into the driveway, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like how it is to creating your dreams and desires you realize that when you look around this unbelievable universe and you see what is around you right now, what's been created, you know, good and bad, how can you not just bow to that awesomeness, to that power of expression and creation? Um, it is, it's beyond words. Every time I talk about it, it's just like, it's beyond words, really, how awesome it is and how serving it is. It is definitely something to be experienced, yeah? When, yeah. when we really experience it, even if it's for just a small moment, we get what the truth of our, our existence is. Right. And we'll find what we're looking for. If we're looking to say that the world sucks, we're going we're gonna to make sure we pull in every piece of information that validates that. And if we're looking to find the beauty and the grace of life, you can bet we'll find that too. So it's a matter of choice as to what you want to look to experience. Now, I'm not saying to be ignorant, to what is happening in the world, because there are some things, and there's there's different consciousnesses of different countries and people and uh, societies that are at different states than one another in that unfolding and that learning, right? Right. Um, that we have to acknowledge, but the most important one ever is your own, because you're having such an incredible effect on all the people uh, in your immediate reality and then the world around you. Yeah. And, and and that's what we say on Living Your Inspired Life all the time. You start right where you are, and, and it's an inside job. You work from the inside out to create right. your experience and your reality. And it's up to you if you want it to be 
happy and joy-filled or if you want to have it be fear-based and not so good. Right. How do you change the world? One person at a time and most importantly, the person standing right in front of you, yep. starting with yourself. Yeah. So. so then let's talk more about um, the the idea of how to dissolve the the time and create what you want. That's one of the chapters. Mm-hmm. Right. The section three, how to dissolve time and create what you desire. Um, and that is um, understanding that time expands or contracts based on your resistance or acceptance and love, uh, your resistance and fear or acceptance and love. Okay, wait a um, minute. So if you're... How, how does that work, Howard, really? So, <laughs> well, we only have an hour here. And it's I know. Bad, and so we, we can, got we a little bit left. afternoon, but, right? Right. Um, so how that works is the more you resist the truth and the more you live in fear, the more time expands because it, it needs to expand until you get the lesson, right? So you can't go forward until you, you get the lesson of where I you're see. at. yeah. And then when you accept and finally see more of the beauty and perfection of you, then you are more open to the possibilities and more willing to step out and create those and become those. So time collapses as it relates to what you want to create because you're no longer resisting or keeping yourself from those beautiful truths or experiences. I love that. I, my brain is just soaking that That's up. Okay, right. thank you. Uh, sure. Um, seeing the perfection of the past. Uh, so not just getting over the lie of what it could have, should have, but actually seeing the perfect... Um, piece of every single moment of your past that has led you to the most important moment, which is this one. Mm. Uh, three is the, the power of forgiveness, letting go of any sort of uh, contempt for anyone in your life, uh, because you don't have to worry about their journey. Their judgment is their own, and life will respond to them based on what they have yet to face or deal with. You don't have to worry about it at all. As a matter of fact, trying to hold someone in contempt or, or vengeance only hurts you. Probably heard the saying, you go on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. <laughs> I um, have not heard that, okay. but yeah, it's kind of true. Right. So you're so, talking about like karmic justice, that, that, that exactly. it's not it's, ours to be responsible for it, them. Exactly. And it only hurts your power of, because if you're busy... You know, holding that negative energy, you can't let that love and creativity flow through you, right? So it's another moment that's taken from you when it could be put towards your intention, your dream, your desire. Right, or days or weeks or years that are taken as as you fester in that, yeah. Right, but that's okay. We're not worried about any moment but this one right now. Okay. Um, And then uh, four is embracing your perfection. And that's, you know, I'm throwing these terms out. These are very big concepts that, you know, requires some self-reflection and some reading, um, but embracing your perfection and really coming to understand why that's true. And then when you see your perfection, you now limit yourself in no way whatsoever. So your dreams not only are dreams but realities to you where you don't hesitate to move in a direction that would begin to fulfill them. So so in, in accepting your perfection... Or embracing your perfection, it doesn't mean that you have to be a perfect, you know, like Mary Poppins, perfect. No, in no, every no, way. no, no, no. Yes, exactly. It's not about this idea of some of or a vision of perfection. It's about understanding at this very moment your perfection in everything you've done, who you've been up until this moment. I'm not saying you condone everything. I'm not saying you want to choose those same things again. But the perfection of the process whereby life has delivered you awareness through your pain, suffering, and joy. 
Okay, I got it. Okay, cool. I'm willing to accept that. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, this is this is quite a bit of information in this hour. Yes. <laughs> a lot of information. Um, uh, and then, so that, that really is the process of living timelessly, living fearlessly, living, letting that love really flow like it's never flowed before through you. Um, and again, that doesn't mean there's gonna, there aren't going to be ebbs and flows in life, but the oscillation is not as high and as deep. You know, you still have the joys, but you don't have the depths of the lows anymore because you have a greater, your consciousness has expanded, you have a greater sense of awareness about the nature of who you are and what's possible for you. Well, so I your am... vibration actually speeds up is what it really leads to. Okay, what do you mean by vibration? Well, it's, it's another tangent, but it's sort of like the vibration of your, uh, you could say your spirit, your energy, your, who you are, your creative power. Uh, because remember, it's not as long, you know, the, the, the wavelengths aren't as deep and as low and as long. You know, it kind of, you know, you speed up to where your, your consciousness is expanded. You become an older soul and a more powerful one. Oh, that's a great way to explain that. Um, and it's also what causes time to collapse. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. As it relates between thought and reality, you know, creating, manifesting your reality. You know, these terms are thrown around so much in spiritual circles, but I think people are very hungry for the practical mechanics of this, yeah. not just the bite lines, you know. And, uh, um, but yes, you're exactly right. That's exactly, um, exactly how it works. Well, is there anything else you want to share about the, that creative process? Because we, we've kind of talked around it and and people that listen to Living Your Inspired Life know some of that because we've talked about it before. But but I want to hear your your nutshell on it. On on the creative process itself. Yeah. We've talked about it, but I want to. Yeah. Um. I. You know. Other than what I've already said, um, it really boils down to having a trust and a faith in the life that's birthed you into existence, and knowing that you are supported in every single moment. And just being open to learning more, loving yourself more, believing in yourself more, and then willing to act on that, no matter how much the fear runs through you. Being willing to say, I, can, I, I will get through this. I will get through this. You know, there's, there's one analogy in, in Time in a Bottle about mountain climbers, uh, specifically uh, Sir Edmund Hillary, who was one of the mm. first two men to reach the top. And, yeah. you know, they start on that journey wanting to accomplish that. They feel great. They feel refreshed. Quarter of the way up, they start to get fatigued. Half the way up, they start to lose oxygen. Three quarters of the way up, the wind, the storms, the, the avalanches, the near-death-defying treks they have to make along these ridges. And they have to be vetted out to be able to plant that flag in the top. But it takes a strong will to get through some of these very, very new and uncomfortable experiences in order to get there. And, and as his quote famously said, it's not the mountain we conquer, it's ourselves. So that's the journey for each one of us when we're trying to create something new. So when you talk about, I so appreciate you saying that, and I got chills as you were talking about it, because because I'm one of those people that looks at the mountain and goes, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. Okay, <laughs> well then, then that's fine. But you don't have to do. let's talk a little bit about this idea of strong will, because I know people that are like, you know, especially, you know, those that are, well, I'm using this affirmation. I am powerful, but nothing's happening. Right. You so know? That's, 
Right. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's how no. people delude themselves, right? Right. The so truth let's explain that. It's self-evident in your actions and your response to your circumstance. And what do you mean by that? That means that will tell you how much you really have faith and how much you believe in what you have learned. And, and in what you want to experience or in what or in just the present moment. And well, based on what's happening, either you know, you're going to get angry and say, I don't get it, it's not working, or you're going to be willing to look into the truth of why it's not working yet, why, what conditions are missing. Was that soil really fertile? Was that water really clean and fresh? Oh, that goes back to the satisfaction with a question mark. Am I really satisfied with what's happening right now? Right, or am I really willing to look at what I'm missing still in this process? Am I really willing to humble myself enough to allow that information in? Because once you have the information, once you understand it, then there's no more ignorance to it. Then you know, and then it's like, okay, I get it. I know exactly why this isn't together yet, and, and that's patience. Yeah. You know, the, the farmer, once he plants the seed and has all the conditions there, there's still a moment where he has to go back into the house. He can't stand there and stare at the ground and go, <laughs> where are you, where are you, where are you? Right? Right. Grow, He's got to let grow. the nature of life and its profound magnificence take its effect and trust that that seed there will be a bud that emerges that will turn into a stalk that will provide food. So same thing with you. You have to trust the process and give yourself the time to create, especially if it's something new. I mean, your whole life, it took to create what you are, you're at now. So why wouldn't you give at least a week or a month to something new, right? Or a year or two years or however long it takes to get there. The story of Diana Nyad profoundly expresses the swimmer, the 64-year-old swimmer, who finally accomplished the feat of swimming from Cuba to Florida uh, without a shark cage. Oh, God. Uh, it's amazing. I, it's it's just a great story in Time in a Bottle about her. Um, but she failed in her 20s several times. She failed in her 30s. She went back in her late 50s and failed again. And she kept trying until she accomplished it and got the right conditions. But did she cry because, you know, she raised all this money to, to, to sponsor her to do it the first five times? Did she cry because she got millions of jellyfish stings or because there was a hurricane one year or because she got blown off course by a strong current? No, she kept going until she achieved it. Now she's been immortalized for this incredible feat, showing that age doesn't even matter in the process. It is truly human will and spirit. And I'm deeply grateful she did that for all of us so that somebody can say I did it. And I, and I just got to say, that's that's a little, I mean, that is the power of your will. But it, it's also my definition of insanity. <laughs> Jellyfish stings and, oh, boy. But God right. bless her. I'm but grateful she did it. Right. You're looking at it from your perspective. Like right. you said, I would never want to climb the mountain. That's not really what the meaning is behind it. The meaning is the example that you can set your mind on anything, and if you're really ready to commit to the process, the whole enchilada, the awareness, the action, the silence, the time, the it's yours. It's yours. But you have to believe in yourself and love yourself to such a degree that you will put yourself into that creative process uh, and, and overcome it all to get there. And, and that's everyone's free will. There's no obligation. That's another big thing about the work is that there really is no obligation in life. Um, you can choose to do whatever you want with your life, right? There's right. no have to. And um, in this moment, I can choose something else. Exactly. Again, like, yeah. So, and, and then one of the things you talk, we only have one more minute, Howard. I, but uh, one of the other things you talk about in your book is that life is always for you, which 
for me was very um, comforting because in all the ups and downs, and especially the downs, to know that that is still for me, you know, for me to learn, for me to grow, for me to... That's how loved you are. You know, and then, and I got to say, when you're in the depths of uh, the pit of despair type of thing, it doesn't feel like love, but when you get out of it, it sure looks like it. Yeah. Always remember gratitude. Find something in that moment to be grateful for. That will be your ladder. That will be your rope out of it. Howard Falco, thank you so much for joining me. The book is Time in a Bottle, Mastering the Experience of Life, and I just want to read uh, the last page of the book because it just kind of wraps everything together. I have chills before I've even read this. It's entitled Forever. Forever, all I've ever been, all I've ever seen, all I've ever known, life. A journey of pain and laughter, days of sorrow and joy. There is no escape but acceptance. There is no answer but now. There is no reason but these words. How beautifully simple to be in this place, to embrace this moment, to feel this love, thus ending time forever. And so it is. Namaste. Well, that wraps up our chat for today. Thanks for joining me. And if you want to learn more, go to susanburrell.com. You can contact me through the website. There's blogs for you to read. There are videos to watch. And remember, I am an intuitive healer and spiritual guide at the crossroads of life. And I would be more than honored to help you on your journey to live an empowered life. And so it is. Namaste.